Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. We're negotiating who gets the pulpit and who gets the little table. <laughs> You're, I'm taller, but, but I'll take this one. No, 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 it's all good. It's all good. This is so experimental. We couldn't do this anywhere else, literally. Uh, but our prayer is that you would hear something of what God is doing for your life today. Okay. All right. Yeah, so um, are you going to explain a little bit of who we are and what we're doing? Yes. <laughs> Here we go. My name is Tim. This is my wife, Melissa. Thanks. That was yeah. for you. We've been married 28 years. Yeah. Oh. I mean, one more, one more, yeah. Um, I've been, we've been on staff here about 10 years at the church, I, I started on staff as the youth pastor. Actually, everybody forgets that. <laughs> um, uh, but I quickly just said, uh, I'm, I'm too old. And I don't want to do dodgeball and all-nighters at 40, which is when they asked me. And I said, but I would work with young adults who have that on their heart. And that's what we did. And that's how we ended up a year of that. And then they asked me to do pastoral care. And you yeah. before me, actually. Yeah, I started a few months before you did. We've been part of this church and this community for almost 20 years and um, been involved in so many different areas and connecting with people, seeing changes, but just love this house, love our leaders, um, just feel that there's a calling and anointing here mm -hmm. to do the things of God and to release people into that. Yeah. And so when I came on, I just picked up whatever was needed at the time, which was to help with the kids' ministry, which I love people, love families, love kids. Um, but that quickly shifted and in moving into connect groups and, um, and then from there, a variety of different things that I just kind of said yes to. Um, but one of the things that God actually did three, actually almost four years ago, <clears throat> mm. that COVID season um, was a time of shaking, as everybody knows. It was a time where um, things just happened and things got dismantled. Um, we all went through a whole lot of shift and change, things that were outside of our control and yet we experienced the effects of it. And the one thing that I stood on always, and I still to this day, is that whatever the enemy tends for evil, God turns for good. That's right. And that was something God was doing in our lives. He was shifting us and changing yeah. us. And during that season, um, God just started to change our hearts a little bit in our direction. One, one thing I think we want to pay attention to is where God's blessing is, to pay attention to that and to you know, pursue that gold as long as it's... As long as that's happening, you need to pay attention to those things where you see something is supernaturally working um, with your aptitudes, with the graces that God has put upon you. Sometimes they're for seasons and sometimes they're part of your character. So what we saw early on was there was a sense that I, I could have, I always love coffees. Coffees always work for me. Just, I love coffee, but also because you could have good conversations over coffee. And I used to work with, I used to install storm doors before I was actually here at the church. Yeah. yeah, when we first moved to Calgary. When we, that was like 19 years ago. 
but people would start opening up to me about their lives. And so I'm trying to get a storm door done and people are talking to me about uh, their son that died. And I just have to, the, the, the door that took up an hour to install took three hours to install. And I had to stop and I had to listen. And when these things happen and then you move into pastoral care and these things are working and then you start to like really dive deep and you get into a little bit of counseling. My friend Mark Downey and I took a counseling course early on in our careers, in my career here. And we saw God working there and it was engaging and there was some gifting happening and there was blessing and people were opening up. And then COVID happens and there's like, there's something we need to pursue around this. And we actually pursued that together. And now we have a practice together that works in parallel with our pastoral work here. And we get to counsel people separately and as couples together. And um, there's things that we're doing together that I never could have done on my own, which is a really big deal. See, all along the way, you, you, sometimes you can look back in the review mirror and you can see where God is at work. And you just have to bless that and pursue and kind of extrapolate sometimes where God is leading to. Um, yeah, I think we're not going to just address marriages this morning. This no. is relationships in general. We are relational beings. God's created us to relate to him, to ourselves, and to others. Um, but early on in our marriage, we understood that if we weren't working on this relationship, we wouldn't get very far. And so even in the early days when you're still in la-la-la, um, we, we took every course or group that focused on marriage because we knew that we were going to need that. And um, even if we didn't understand everything that was being talked about or being taught or discussed, right. we just embraced it. And that's been our motto our whole lives is that um, we've got to be growing and we've got to be changing and mm -hmm. we've got to be learning so that we can love each other in a, in, in a world that is take it or leave it, in a world that just dis just throws things out when they don't work anymore, when you fall out of love, um, all those right. things. Relationships don't cost a lot in the world. It's like, well, if it's working for you, keep on. If it's not working for you, throw it to the side. Yeah. Um, but there, yeah. There's some ways you look at life when you, when you burn the boats. When you've, when you've taken divorce off the, off the table and you know you're, I, I'm not going anywhere, so we kind of have to make this work, you, you know? And and so there's some things that get changed in me and get changed in us when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and as we stepped into um, just this world of counseling, we, it's, in the Christian world, there's like some misconceptions and ideas that somehow spiritual um, teaching and growth in the, in, in the word and growing as a disciple of Christ is different and is separate. But really, I can see how God is using both to bring wholeness and restoration. And, and true counseling actually um, allows people to seek out the things of God as they walk through life. So all that to say, um, we've been privileged. We've been, uh, one of the things that we're really excited that God has opened a door with is in Cochrane, where we live, is to connect with a couple counselors and a not-for-profit that um, started during COVID called Right Hand Support, which is a trauma-informed mentor and counseling support service within the community, faith-based, but interacting with all the community and agencies. And for us, that's been huge. The two counselors we get to work with have decades of trauma-informed counseling experience. They've worked in Rwanda and South Africa um, and just have a heart for those that have had things happen to them 
and how do you deal with that and grow from that? And I was, you know, it's just been a, it's been huge. And so we're very grateful that we can be part of that as well. Yeah. That's been a God thing too. Absolutely. Now, speaking of God things, did you want to, you had a dream. I did have a dream. Yeah. Okay. So two nights ago, um, so all week, well, actually all month we've been contemplating, okay, what is, what is it we're supposed to share about? And, um, of course, the week leading up, things are really busy, but, you know, we're still individually kind of like, okay, God, what are you saying? And then how are we going to bring this together? Mm. Two nights ago, I had a dream. And uh, God often speaks to me in pictures. So I don't know if any of you can relate to that or not, but oftentimes I get images or pictures, and then it's, it lines up with either where I'm at or with the word and describes kind of what's going on. And in my dream, I just felt like in the morning as I was praying about it and thinking about it. I was like, well, was it just for me? And I felt like God said I needed to share it as part of what we were sharing. And I just pray that this um, speaks to us here because I know it's, it's, it's an important thing. In my dream, there were two aspects to it, and it was in the church community context. Um, the first one was, is we had a guest speaker here. Doesn't really matter. It was just a person. Um, and they moved from the pulpit speaking, and there was drums over in this corner, and they started playing the drums. And over in the far corner, there was a couple sitting that weren't part of our fellowship. They were visiting, and they just got up and left. And then the second part of the dream was the kitchen, <laughs> which is interesting because that's a, it's a big thing. It's getting done. But um, this kitchen, I walked in, and it was just disheveled. There was dirty pots and pans everywhere, and the sinks were filled. And it was like I turned to somebody else, and I'm like, what is, well, who just did all this? Like, where's this, like, who's, who's cleaning this up? It's just a mess. And, um, and then I, let, I went out the door, and then when I came back in, it was all cleaned. And that was basically the dream. So as I contemplated and prayed about it, as well as kind of looked at some of these pictures and what they, they met, um, the thing that stood out to me was that the drummer represents usually a leader or the heartbeat of the church or a ministry. And wondering if we as God's people are listening to the wrong drummer, not specifically the leader here, but what drum are we listening to? What beat are we paying attention to in our lives? And the second thing is the kitchen. The kitchen represents the heart of the house. It's a place of preparation. It's a place where the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill. And it's our heart. But what things are cluttering it? What dirty pots and pans are in our kitchen? And what does God want to clean out? And it just, it just aligned so much. And I just pray as we kind of move into a bit of what the word has said to us and what we want to relay to you is where are we prepared to allow God to go into our hearts and do the cleanup that needs to be done? So I'm just going to take a moment and just pray before we lead into that. Father, I thank you that you... You desire to come and dwell in us. And our innermost being is where you dwell. And you want to come and clean and um, just have us hear your heart and your purpose for us. And so I pray that we would be open this morning to hear your word and your Holy Spirit speak to us so that we might be the people of God you've called us to be, the house of God, the family of God. Lord, we just love you, and we just open our hearts and say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's right. I'm going to it. Okay, all right. So while we were worshiping over there, um, 
there was, there was something that came up to me as well. Uh, I, some of the work that we do is around uh, just the defenses we put up in our lives. And there's a lot of people, me included, who uh, we, we kind of build a wall in our lives uh, to protect us from the things that happened when we were growing up. It, it's, and rightly so, we kind of needed defenses at that point. But a lot of times they remain there. And by doing that and growing up, uh, you, you can lose a deep sense of the awe and majesty and wonder that, that God has for us. A deep sense of his nearness and his presence as we, as we build defenses against other people. And ultimately it happens against God as well. And w- what I wanted to pray for was for windows to appear in people's walls in their defenses. It may be too much even to say that to tear them down. That may be terrifying for some people. Like, I need my defenses. I got to protect because I've been, I've been rocked before when I've opened up. And so what I do want to pray for is windows. Father, I pray that people that are highly defensive for ridiculously good reasons growing up, I pray that they would have windows that they could see out of, they could see people on the other side of, people that love them, people that uh, are there for them, people that want to listen and hear them. I I pray also they would see you, Father, walking around outside there, that you would open up their defenses, Father, and they would receive you and have the courage to receive you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, amen. Amen. Pray you're being ministered to already. It's not, we're going to have time at the end of the service to pray with individuals, but open your heart. Um, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Um, The ESV says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. What is your heart? Your heart is your inner mind, will, understanding. It's, it's, yeah, there's such a, it's not your physical beating heart. We all know that. But what does it entail? It involves all of it. Our inclination, the soul, our knowledge, thinking, reflection, our memory. It's the seat of our appetites. It's everything that flows out of it. Um, It's our emotions, our passions. It's our seat of courage. So it's, it's broad. The heart is everything that's inside of us. And what is our spring, what is the springs of life that God wants to bring us? Again, looking at the original definition, springs of life, springs of life revol- uh, um, connotate green vegetation, um, flowing of fresh water, not a stagnant pond, but a fresh water flowing through. Lively, active, reviving, renewal. It actually speaks of community. So when we're talking about relationships, we're talking about the community, the connection you have um, maybe in marriage, maybe your connection in friendships, your connection with your kids, your parents. Um, That's community, and that's part of the springs of life. But it comes out of your heart, and that's what Proverbs talks about, is guarding your heart because everything flows from that. When I look at, one of the biggest scriptures for me has been Proverbs 20, verse 5, which I don't know if we, if we sent that in. But Proverbs 20, I didn't. Who has their Bible here today? <laughs> All right, okay. I encourage you, either pull up the app, Bible app, really good, or bring a Bible with you. And I want to, but I'll read it to you right here. Proverbs 20, verse 5. It says, though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. 
And there's, there's such a need to understand uh, each other. And we don't. We really, really don't. It, it was such, I really encourage you to come to the pre-service prayer because so many things were prayed this morning. We're just right in line with that. How we, we don't see each other after the spirit. We don't really see your spirits. We see what's in front of us here. And most of the time we're all facing forward. So you don't get to know everybody to the full extent on a Sunday morning. We have connect groups, which are fantastic. We have activities you can do together, places to volunteer. But there's a deep sense that you're not fully known here. And so it takes, it takes a lot of work in marriages, also in relationships, also in friendships. It takes work. It's a commitment. And I think you, when you use that word curiosity, that's a really big deal. That's a huge deal. Um, you, you don't need to have wisdom and advice to be a good friend. You don't need to even necessarily speak into someone else's life uh, unnecessarily. But you can be curious about somebody. When I went to, I might have said this before, but I went to U of C as a mature student uh, when I was 40. Which, if you've seen that show Community, like I am, I'm the old guy at the table. And uh, I'm that guy. And so it's me and the next oldest guy, which was 27, looking at the class and going, like, well, I guess we're the old guys here. And I was like, yeah, I am the old guys here. And, but what I really admired about every single person who's like hitting 20 or passing 20 in these classes I was in were how many questions they had. They were curious. And I had to stop and I had to look at myself and go, why am I not not asking good questions? I admire good questions. Why am I not asking them? And God just kind of dropped it in. Is like, you think you understand. You've got assumptions based on 40 years of experience. We need a few. Otherwise, you're thinking deeply about everything all the time. And that's time consuming. You can't live like that. You need some just to get by. But too many and you stop asking questions. Right? I... I can stop asking questions about you. I cannot be curious about you. I can figure I know you, and that is a great disservice. It's a great disservice to my friends. I have to have the goal of being curious about my friends and for them to be curious about me, right? We don't assume that we have the full grip on somebody's life. If you do, then there's a drift that begins to happen. You begin to like make distance. You begin to coast in that relationship and you don't want that. We've all done it. And I think we can all recognize when it's happening. It can happen with us and God. Do I know everything about God? Or if I treat God as a person, he may have feelings. He may have thoughts that I never attributed to him, right? When we attribute thoughts and feelings to someone that are just coming out of us, those are simply idols, Idols that we, we, we put voices into. We don't want that. We don't follow that. We follow a living God. And God wants to help us understand him. He wants to show us who we are to him and who he is to us. So we need understanding and we need curiosity. When we go through something, it's worth asking the question, God, what do you think about that? Now, speed comes into relationship as well at that point. It needs to slow down. Uh, If I ask God a question and I don't get an answer within that same sitting, I can be dejected if I expect him to answer like that. 
when God is bringing me through a process. I've done that with our kids. Um, if a parent ever wants to keep the high ground and never lose to a child, don't give them time to think about their answer. Right? Don't give not, them time. You will lose the high ground and you're done as a parent. <laughs> That's sarcasm, which also you should, should never do. Uh, but what you can do, and here's another great one. Use your words, kid. Uh, children don't have enough. They don't have enough to explain what's going on in their heart. Uh, to be fair, grown men don't have the words for what's going on in their hearts. They literally don't. W- women are uh, uh, <laughs> stereotyping. But, but they, get, they got some skills. They got, more, they got more. Not perfect, but I'd say... You know, men, you know, level three, you know, women, maybe level six. Okay. Is that? Okay, but to be fair. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have put a number on it. <laughs> to be uh, fair. To be fair, maybe. Uh, in, yeah, I, I think there's a difference. I think you're right on the one front. As women, we, we, we tend to talk more. Um, we tend to have more words. However, let me just put this out to you. Those words may not be accurate. Yeah. Um, those words may not be actually in tune with what's going in with your heart. I would, I would beg to say that both men and women are the same if we don't take time to actually hear what's in our heart. Yes. So when you said the word curious about what's going on in other people's hearts, I think too we also have to be curious as to what's going on in our own hearts. Are we going to take the time it takes to be curious as to why I said what I said? What did I just do? Um, Why am I thinking like that? Again, it's not becoming so introspective, but it's actually just taking moments to actually pay attention. Pay attention. What's going in your heart? And then getting curious about what's in God's heart, which Mm. you kind of alluded to. Yes. Around what does God have to say to us? Um, Just because you maybe grew up in the church or you've memorized a whole bunch of scriptures doesn't mean that you know the heart of God. The heart of God is actually unfathomable. It's never ending. Mm-hmm. If you ever think you know the heart of God, you've stopped. Yeah. You've stopped. Your relationship yeah. is going to be stopped. You don't have a revelation of God. You, don't, yeah. you have an unfolding revelation of God, right? Within, within the guide rails of the Bible, there is so much for the Holy Spirit to expand on in our lives, yeah. right? One of the best things you, you can do as a brand new Christian is do the Bible in a year, Bible in a year, Bible in a year, and just get like the, get the wide scope. Pastor Lauren is like the champion of this, champion of this. There's also times when within those guide rails, within that Bible, you'll see things that will pop up to you that you need to pay attention to and maybe sit on. Why is this gold to me right now? Why is this so significant? Maybe my emotions jump up when I see that. What is going on there? And just sit there for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I was going there, but that was That's okay. Like super um, so thinking about what's going on in our hearts, there's a scripture that's been coming to me nonstop for probably one to two months now. And it's Psalm 51.6. And I just want to read it um, from a couple translations. One um, from the ESV says, Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. The Amplified says, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part of my heart, you will make me know wisdom. So there's something about God desiring truth, his longing for truth in us. 
Truth entails honesty, authenticity, integrity. Truth is aligning our hearts with the truth of who God says we are and who he is. But oftentimes, even in that dream I had, there's so many things that are cluttering our heart that we don't see clearly. We don't hear from him clearly. And God wants us to be able to bring those things to him. Um, he wants us to be able to repent. Mm -hmm. Repent means to turn. I like this um, little sentence that I read from a commentary around this passage. Those who truly repent of their sins will not be ashamed of their own to own their repentance. Just think about that. Those who truly repent of their sins will not be ashamed to own their repentance. Shame hides and seeks to protect ourselves. You talked about walls. Yeah. It protects us. Repentance will bring out into the light the hidden, deceptive ways of our hearts. Once it is seen and given to God or to others in relationships, there is no more darkness, fear, or shame attached to it. When we keep things hidden, that's where shame rules. Yeah. That's where fear rules. But when we bring it to the light, it actually then exposes it and it allows all those things to have no power anymore. Right. And that's what repentance does mm. is it brings it to the light. Uh, just touching back on shame. It can make communicating what's, what's going on in here to, to a friend, uh, to a partner uphill uphill. And I, I want to go back to something that was sort of laughed at before, because it was kind of funny when I say that guys need time to unpack. Um, shame d demands time to unpack. You, you need to have some time to unpack what's going on, because it's going to feel like I shouldn't feel like this. Um, but you do. Or this is in your life. And you got to start there. You have to just start with where you're at, how you feel, what's going on. That's the honesty in the heart. Honesty in the heart. Yeah. We can know a lot of things, but if our heart's not aligned with it, it means nothing. And right. all it's going to do is frustrate us and, yeah, do that should-haves and could-haves and that. So you need to start there. You need to basically confess that you have a problem or that you're wrestling with something. And to, to say that out loud to someone else, to a friend, to a partner, whatever that looks like, to if they could just give you pause to get it out in whatever way that looks like. The kindest thing you can do for someone in that point is just wait. You want to talk about this? Okay. I can see you're struggling with finding a word. You know what? Let's just sit on it. Let's just sit on it. I'll wait. And see what happens. Be comfortable with that silence. Giving people room. Is, is a really, really big deal. A really big deal. When we follow Christ and we become connected to him and connected to the body, we're actually, the, we're one of the definitions for church is the called out. So we're called to be different than the world. Well, what do we see the world doing? Rushing around, being busy, doing all these things, attaining, trying to strive for some sort of prestige, power, um, just uh, money, all those things that have an illusion of fulfillment. But really in relationship, it's what you said, it's a slowdown. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering how often we give ourselves time to slow down with people, to slow down and sit with them, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your child, your parent, your friend, 
what does it look like to sit and actually share your heart? Not just talk about the events of the day, not just talk about the, the work that needs to happen, but we actually sit down and we actually start to unpack what's in our hearts. That's right. Yeah. That's right. One thing Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 28, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and my burden I give you is light. If, if Jesus comes to you humbly, humbly, and one of the things that's interesting about the character of Christ, God made flesh, is it, he actually had limited knowledge. He didn't know everything. He wasn't, he, he gave up a certain portion of his omniscience at that point. He had, he has actually the perfect example of how a, a person can walk with God in perfect relationship. And like that was a Bible school thing we learned. Like that's not just, I didn't just pull that out of my hat, but that's for another time. But he came across humbly. In John 1, he actually asks people, what is it you want? You, you have someone who's drilling down into someone else's life he will ask people, Almighty God asks you a question, what is it you want? That's profound. That's like, God, you're like, that's like giving a gun to a child asking questions like that. What is it you want? And someone's like, I want to follow you. And it's like, okay, you follow me. Other, other people are like, I want to see. And it's like, okay, let's see. And it's not just maybe the first thing that comes into our mind that we want. But just by asking that question, he's beginning a dialogue with us. Uh, you actually brought up that scripture um, about Christ healing people, a number of people. And only one came back. That's actually Luke 17, verses 11 to 17. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. God is looking for more than what you asked for. What you asked for is a starting point. That need, that pain, that thing that is... Uh, actually working against us in our life is a point of contact with God. It's a place where Christ walks in and goes, I'm just curious, what's that like for you? Tell me about that. Of course, he knows already, but it begins a dialogue with us. And we can begin to not just harbor pain, harbor bitterness, harbor loneliness in our hearts and just stew in it. We don't just become introspective at that point. We become contemplative where we can look out at Christ and we can take this thing that's, that's stewing and we can make it a dialogue. It's not just circling again and again and again in our heart. It's coming out, it's being drawn out, and I'm dialoguing with Christ about it. And it may look ugly at first, but don't worry about it. Christ comes to us humble and gentle in heart. And he's like, tell me about that. So the healing becomes an engagement with him. And I wonder what happens after that with where that's going to take you in Christ. I just wonder. I'm curious about that. Are yeah. you? Are you curious about what God may do there? Yeah. Um, the scriptures that I've been pulling from is from Psalm 51, which is a very famous passage of David um, after his horrendous sin of adultery and murder. 
So I don't know if anybody here has, don't raise your hand if you've got any connection to those kind of sin. But it's so profound, his interaction with the Lord and how he is allowing God to into those deep places of his heart. And in verse 17, he says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Mm. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. So one is he desires us to bring our broken hearts to him. That's actually the sacrifice that pleases him. It's not about all your activity, all your do-gooding, all your ability on your own. It's actually coming to him and saying, he, look at what's going on here. This is messy stuff. And let me just say, people are messy. And if you don't see yourself as messy, just do a hard look in the mirror when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> okay? Life is messy. Our, what's going on inside, it, it takes, it's a journey. It's a journey yeah. of life. Yeah. It's what it is. And so God desires us to be open and exposing our broken spirit to him, to be humble. You mentioned that. Um, it's allowing that breaking point and to be honest about it. Don't band-aid it up. Don't pretend it's not there. Mm -hmm. I mean, God's not fooled anyways, but, but really you're not allowing him in there if you're just blocking it off and you're just yeah. saying, I've, I've bandaged it up. Yeah. I'm doing the right thing. I've memorized the right scripture. I come to church early. I, I say my morning prayers, I do what I need to do, um, but God's not fooled. That's right. Uh, one thing I would also put in here is uh, we always used to preach, not preach, but when we were doing premarital counseling, like communications was fundamental, but that is so very second or third down the line from making it a place where you can communicate. Um, okay, so, okay, in, in the instance of a marriage, you're, a man, a man is, you know, he's actually realizing he may need to get his heart out there. Freaking terrifying. A, I don't know what that actually means, what's actually in there. I don't have words for it. And it's going to be just like, it's going to be challenging. You give, him, you give him a 30 count. You give him some time. You give him a little wait and just say, I'm just going to wait. You just say whatever you need to say. Get it out. Okay. Uh, sometimes what they say may be about you, and you got to, like, courage, courage. Uh, but whatever's coming out, whatever's being wrestled with, uh, you know what? Just when it's done, just say thank you. Just say thank you. And this would go for uh, the other side. I, I believe it would be important to... <laughs> totally. Yeah? I, well, it was funny because I mentioned something to you about a scenario we had, and you couldn't remember the, totally the instance, but I could totally remember the instance. And I think we were driving in the car because we know all oh, don't things talk about go on in the car. Car talks. <laughs> um, car not about driving or directions. I'm just car talks. Okay, car right. talks are good. <laughs> but... Um, there was something we were, we were talking about, and uh, what happened was, is I actually asked you, I'm like, are you just telling me what I want to hear? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have we ever done that to people? I'm just going to tell them what they want to hear, and that'll just make it peaceful. What that did is it really, it kind of broke my heart, because what that said to me was that you didn't want to sh share your heart with me. You just wanted to appease whatever I was feeling at the moment. 
And that was a turning point in our relationship yeah. because it was then that you realized, actually, I want to hear your heart. Yeah. And it was okay to share your heart. It was right. safe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, safer. Safer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Explain. It's not a switch. It's a dial. Yes. It's yeah, a dial. yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, it's all safe. Oh, that's all right. Uh, you risk vulnerability every time oh, you open your heart to somebody, right. okay? So you just got to be okay yeah. with that. Well, I mean, this place, we say, okay, this place, it's, we try to make it safer. It doesn't make yeah. it absolutely safe. We still take chances coming to church, Yeah. right? We're still take getting over wounds. Take chances leaving the house every morning. Yeah. It, Literally. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. So courage is needed. Hope is required. We need hope, and we need courage to, to move into relationships in the community, yeah. in friendships. I, I really want to pray for people that don't have a friend, um, I had to pray, I, I, man, so I haven't been lonely in a really long time. In fact, more often than not, I'm just trying to find a place alone because I'm an introvert, but even introverts get lonely, right? Um, especially when you know you have no one to pick up the phone to be there for you. Sometimes it's just amazing just to know you have a friend. I don't need them right now, but I got one I can call. I want to pray for that for people, that you know you got someone on the phone you can call up. And what you need, it will also mean you need to be that for somebody as well, right? He puts the lonely in families, right? That is a promise for you. That's a promise that we can take. All right. You have anything else? Um, yeah, I Honey? think that just really does bring it back around, yeah. around being curious as well as being um, understanding that out of your heart flow the issues of life. Yeah. If you're not going those places in your heart, what kind of life is flowing out of your heart? Um, is it weedy? Is it smelly? Is it um, carrying a lot of hurts and walls up? Or yeah. is it filled with the life of Christ as you bear your heart to him, as you let him in? And in your relationships... Who are those people that God's given you that you can start creating a space where together, whether that's one person, whether it's five, I don't know. Everybody's community is a little bit different. Everybody's right. family dynamic's different. But who are those people that God has said, hey, these are important people in your life. Now, what are you going to do right. to build intimacy and connection? And where are you going to go with vulnerability? And how do you, how do you allow yourself... Even just the ability to say, I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to attack them. Mm. That's what creating a safe space is, is it's actually saying, I'm going to honor your experience. I'm going to actually listen to where you're coming from. Whether it's my, my idea or my experience, doesn't matter. I'm going to listen to yours. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, I'm going to love you anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to wrap it up here. I'm going to thank you for just whatever, whatever this was. Uh, bless you for paying attention and being present here for it. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a four Tuesday workshop marriage intensive for people, for couples. And uh, that's starting on February 27th. And you can leave your names at the info desk. Uh, you can also go to timandmel.com and you can make an appointment. Click the appointment button and you can book online. You'll see it there. Um, you just talk to us. What are, what are the things we're going to highlight? Yeah. We're going to look at how to foster understanding. We're going to look at how to set boundaries, healthy ones. 
We're going to look at how to resolve conflicts. We're going to look at how to uh, strengthen bonds. So these are, these are some of the high points that we're going to look at here. We'll do that a few different ways. This is faith-informed. We're also using our counseling training for this. But um, I just encourage you, if you need a place to start, this could be a place for you to start just rebuilding that relationship and that connection in your marriage. Okay. Why don't we stand and uh, we're going to close in prayer. And after the service, um, the altar ministry team as well as ourselves will be here to pray with you through. If there's some things that maybe God touched on, that you're struggling with, that you just want an extra assist. That's what we do here is we pray alongside, we come alongside, that's part of community. Yeah. And we pray with you and stand with you. Yeah. So Father, we, uh, we pray for those that don't have someone on the phone that they could just reach out to at any time. Father God, build those bonds in Jesus' name. I pray that they would, it, it may just be a supernatural tripping over somebody something. I don't know, but Father, I prayed when I was in high school for a friend and you gave me somebody because I really, really needed it. Father God, I, I just pray that they would ask you for friends and they would be a friend and they would expect, Lord, that this is the prayer that you want to answer in their life. For those that are wrestling in their marriages, Father God, they feel isolated, alone, lonely, lonely men and women married to each other. I pray, Father, that they would have courage and hope that they would slowly be curious about the other person and there'd be so much grace with how things are delivered and how things are received. Father God, bless them because I know that that's what you want to do. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you would like to give to our church, go to myc3church.ca. See you next week.